Welcome to LaGrave Avenue CRC's Sermon Podcast. For this Thanksgiving message, we hear a two-part meditation on Thanksgiving. The first part is on how thankful we should be because of all the good things that come from God. And the second part is that our giving comes from that thankfulness. You're listening to Thanks Giving by Reverend Peter Yonker. I have two short meditations for our Thanksgiving morning, for your Thanksgiving morning, um, both of them with little uh, snippets of, of things from Paul. And the first one um, is from 1 Corinthians 3, and I will read verses uh, 21 through 23. 1 Corinthians 3, 21 through 23. And I'm going to start right in the middle of verse 21. Paul says to the Corinthian church, and Paul says to you, all things are yours. Whether Paul, Apollos, or Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or the present, or the future, all things are yours. And you are of Christ, and Christ is of God. This is the word of the Lord. I love these two verses. I've always loved these two verses. Uh, I love them in a way that is hard for me to explain. And I love them in a way that I feel like is imperiled by my explaining them, if you understand what I mean when I say that. These verses are some of Paul's great outbursts. Once in a while in his letters, Paul has what I would call a great outburst. Um, you know, and most of the time when we think of Paul, we think of a man of logic, right? He writes these really well-reasoned letters. He's got the mind of a scholar. Everything is logical and in sequence and argued cogently. But once in a while, in the middle of these cogent arguments and these tightly structured letters, Paul has a great outburst. Paul all of a sudden loses himself, like he just can't contain himself, and he starts praising in this doxological way. He gushes, he raves, he speaks like a poet. You see that here. All things are yours, whether Paul, Apollos, the world, life, death, present, or future, all things are yours, and you are of Christ, and Christ is of God. Everything is yours. What are you worried about? It all is ours in Jesus Christ. He gets lost in wonder, love, and praise. Something similar happens to him in Romans 11. After 11 chapters of deep theology, uh, tricky theology, difficult theology, he once again loses himself and says, oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments, his paths beyond tracing out from him and through him and for him are all things, all things. All the knowledge, all the things, it's all ours in Christ Jesus. It's wonderful, says Paul. He gushes. One more. There's another great outburst in Ephesians. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. For and ever and ever, all the things, his love is everlasting. Hallelujah. He gushes. Now, what do all these outbursts have in common? They all come at moments when, if you read these letters, Paul is 
come to the end of the power of his reasoning. Paul has come to the end of his ability to explain things. But when he comes to that end, he finds that he is not done. But even there and beyond, he is carried by the love of God and the power of God and the grace of God and the spirit of God. And so he exalts. Thanksgiving Day is a good day for outbursts. Most of our days are filled with problems. In fact, they are structured around problems. You make your to-do list in the morning. What is a to-do list if not a list of problems? Things that you've got to do. Your day is structured around problems. Your news and information sources are structured around problems. What do we hear from the news and from our information? The problems of the world. And that's, you know, that's what news is, right? They tell us the things that we human beings need to fix, the things we need to fix as a society. So I'm not complaining about that, but between the to-do list and the news sources, problems, problems, problems. Do you know what never makes the headlines? All the good beautiful, ordinary, providential things that happen in your life every single day in small, ordinary ways that make you the person you are and that fill you with God's grace. All the little things, hundreds of them every single day that remind you that you are in God's hands and history is in God's hands. So with that in mind, here's your Thanksgiving news report. Today the sun rose and warmed a fruitful earth. Today your lungs filled with air and you got out of bed on two strong legs and you came to church and you sang. Amen. Sometime this week, a mom made her daughter's lunch and put an extra cookie in it as a surprise. Sometime this month, a young couple took home their very first baby and they're still overjoyed. This week, two friends met to go to a concert and afterwards they went out for dessert and they just had the best time. This week, a kindergarten class sang Jesus Loves Me. Well, the teacher played at the piano and they sang with all their heart. This week, a coworker baked a pumpkin pie from scratch and brought it to work. And at break time, they spent an extra 15 minutes laughing and eating pumpkin pie together. This week, a father came home from work and the toddler, his toddler, his son, ran up and hugged him for no discernible reason. Today, God reigns over every square inch of his creation and every square inch of your future. Today, Christ is risen, and he's gone ahead to prepare a place for you, and you're going to go there. Today, the Holy Spirit continues to light small fires of faith, hope, and love in the lives of regular people. So, my, de my dear beloved brothers and sisters, today, all things are yours. The world, life, or death, the present or the future, all things are yours, and you are of Christ, and Christ is of God. Amen. Amen. Our second reading uh, is this very familiar couple verses from Romans chapter 12. And there Paul says to us,
Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This is the word of the Lord. So I broke this message up into two parts. The first part I called thanks, and the second part I called giving. You saw what I did there. During the thanks section, uh, we focused, we tried to focus together on how all things are ours, on the abundance of what we have, both in this life and in the life to come in Christ Jesus. The abundance of our thanksgiving. And the second section is called giving. And in this section, we, we think about how really our, our obedience, our service, our transformation comes from a heart of thanksgiving. That has always been true in Christian teaching, especially in the Reformed tradition. When we are people of joyful obedience, when we do good works before God, that comes from a thankful heart. It is our gratitude. To make the same point in a negative way, as followers of Jesus, we do not do mule righteousness. We are not righteous like the mule. What do I mean by that? I'm stealing this from Tim Keller. Let me try to explain. And I think even you kids can follow this one. Okay, imagine you are a mule. This is more of a stretch for some of you than for others. <laughs> you're a mule. You're walking down the road. And your master is on your back because you're a mule. And you're on your way home from a long day and you're headed towards home and you know at home you'll have nice warm straw to sit on and you're going to have good food and it's going to be quite lovely. But you're going down the road and as you go down this road, there's a deep ditch on one side, which is very dangerous. But in that ditch, there's a whole lot of pink, juicy, yummy clover. And because you're a mule and because clover is your absolutely favorite thing, what do you do? You say, oh, clover and you start heading towards this ditch. What does your master do? He gives you a kick, and ouch! You get back on the straight and narrow, and you stay away from the clover for about 10 paces. But the whole 10 paces, your mind is still saying, mmm, clover. And so after 10 paces, you start to just drift over to the clover again. And what does your master do this time? He kicks you twice, ouch, ouch! So you keep going straight, and this time you make it for about 100 paces. And the whole 100 paces, your mind is going clover, 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 clover. And then you notice your master seems to be talking to someone on a mule uh, just beside him, and maybe he's distracted, and so what do you do? Even though you've already received two kicks, you start heading towards the dish. And this time your master kicks you so hard, you jump, and from then on, you keep going straight down the road. You no longer go after the clover in the ditch. You've learned obedience. You've learned a kind of righteousness. You have learned mule righteousness. Because your desire to do good is not based on anything that's in your head, in your mind, or in your heart. It's based on your desire not to get kicked and to have your master think ill of you. That's mule righteousness. 
righteousness based on external constraints. And if by some miracle you should ever happen, this mule, you the mule, should find yourself on that road without your master on your back, what would you do? You would go over to the clover and you would fall in the ditch and someone would need to rescue you. There's a lot of people in this world who obey the rules, but only with mule righteousness. The good news of the gospel is that we're not mules. We are children of God. And he sent his Holy Spirit in our hearts. And Christ has died to change our hearts, to transform our minds, to take our hearts of stone and make them his heart, to put his things in our hearts so we desire what he wants, that we long for what he wants, that the things of God are not something we go towards reluctantly, but with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We overflow with thanksgiving and we give ourselves to joyful service because God is good. He sent his son to die for us and his steadfast love endures forever. So happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I wish you a mule-free Thanksgiving. And I wish you a day that overflows with genuine, heartfelt joy. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grave Avenue CRC's Sermon Podcast.